0: Hello, hello, hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to Smart Money Moves with Helena. It is another amazing day here in Southern California. This will be our last show of April, which is Financial Literacy Month. So it goes right along with Smart Money Moves with Helena. But I must start the show by telling us about our sponsor for today's show, GWG Construction Inc., Janard Gilmore, who is the CEO and owner with 40 plus years of experience. He and his team the Ventura the Riverside the Orange County and the Los Angeles counties they provide quick quality integrity craftsmanship and I have had several work over the last 10 years done by him and his team and I can attest that it is absolutely amazing so please if you have any construction needs reach out to GWG Construction Inc their phone number is 323 600 one one two two. Again, that is three two three six hundred one one two two G W G Construction Inc. All right, let's jump into today's topic. I always like to prepare. I spend days and days on end meeting with people, discussing money, learning because I'm a lifelong learner as an educator by trade, and just really having the opportunity to find out more about what's happening out there in the world around money. And the topic that is continuing to come up uh, these days in my conversations have definitely been around legacy. Okay. And as we wrap up financial literacy month, I like to tell people all the time that I think one of the most important plans for the wrap up of your life is the way that you properly set up your legacy. Okay. I'll put a disclaimer out there. I am not an estate attorney. I do not do living wills and trust. However, that is one of the most crucial tools to properly planning for your legacy. That, in my opinion, along with the proper life insurance, which I can, I do specialize in and like to make sure that people understand how to utilize those tools together to do what's very, very important. You spend all of your days Working, earning income, providing for your family, raising a family, traveling, doing whatever it is that you do, but so many of us forget um, to put that plan in place. And I really want to discuss a couple of the reasons why I think people do um, not put that plan in place and why we really have to be able to to get over that and get some things going. Um, but I'd like to do a quick overview again of what is it that I feel are... Um, the, the the roadmap to making sure that the legacy is properly built and then left behind properly. And so whenever we're talking about money, right? You know, I have a lot of smart money moves for you guys, but I want to make sure that we can clearly lay out the roadmap Again, for the things that you need to pay attention to as you are building your legacy, creating your legacy and planning to leave it behind properly. And so write these down, take notes wherever you are in your life. It may be different than the last time you heard a piece of these, but always, always Take the time to do a check-in on your financial situation. And I think these are the things that people really need to to pay attention to as they're working toward their legacy. And that is really just looking at the way you manage your money. Um, If COVID did not teach us anything, it taught us to pay a lot closer attention to our money. To the different ways that we can earn income, to the different um, uh, ways we need to protect our income right we talked a lot about emergency funds and how much you really uh people have in the case of an emergency who knows what is going to look like how long this pandemic is going to play out um a lot of people still are not back to work and we are in year numbers um and actually i know it used to always be people would tell you you want to do anywhere between 3 and 6 months of your expenses um, that's actually increased. Now we're looking at more like eight to 12 months of your expenses need to be properly saved and stored. And that's because there's um, so many people, like I said, haven't gotten back to work and aren't prepared and use their entire set of savings in order to survive whatever amount of time they needed to survive with the loss in income. So um, really paying attention to having, in addition to all the other things that you wanna save and plan for and do all of that, you have to make sure that you are keeping and adding to your emergency fund and again i'm pushing that out now it's 8 to 12 months 8 to 12 months that's just basic management of uh, of your finances right and i'm sure that for you over the last you know couple years everybody out there listening um our financial goals have changed and so what are they currently you know i'm not going to say post pandemic but More of back to what we used to be a little bit of the norm. What are, what are your current financial goals? Right? Is that to pay off your home? Is that to send the kids to college? Is that to find a new income? Is that to, you know, regroup your savings? What is it? But taking the time to really pay attention to those financial goals again, I always say you got to look at that as you're preparing for your legacy because that's a short term and a long term, long term preparation that you're working toward. I'll talk um to you guys today a lot about insurance and life insurance, that is, and how that helps you to um provide a legacy to protect protect your legacy, right? To protect your assets. Um, but it's so very, very important that people take a thorough look, which we've spoken about. I meant no, I mentioned it as one of 2022 smart money moves, but taking the time to really sit down and read view the protections that you have um, out there for your family and what kind of life insurances would you be leaving behind, God forbid, uh, you passed away right now? And one of the reasons I was having this conversation earlier with a partner of mine, and we were talking about why is it that um, so many of the African-American community um, have what we assume is a fear of having the conversation around life insurance, around death. And I think for a lot of us, it's a very big fear, um, to start talking about that. I was watching an episode of, uh, 911, a TV show on Fox and, um, the, uh, the daughter was prepping for her father's surgery and the father was prepping by, you know, laying out paperwork, looking at a living, willing trust, talking to an attorney, doing those different things. And the daughter came in and said, I don't want you to discuss that right now. And I see, you know, a couple of the listeners with the the faces and the mouths wide open. That's a very big real reality um, with people is being afraid to talk about death because for some reason it brings it closer. It makes it more real. Um, but I always like to tell people that there's two things in this world that happen to everyone and it is death and taxes. And so it's want to do the the very first piece of planning your legacy. It is to make sure that in the event that you pass away, you, whomever you are, breadwinner, non-breadwinner, homemaker, you know, child, it doesn't matter. Everybody is going to pass away at some point in time. You want to make sure that you have the right amount of coverage in place so that nothing, Right. Because one of the biggest things that can hurt your legacy is for everything that you have to have to go out when you pass away. So making sure that you take time to look into your life insurance and see how much is it? Because maybe at the time you got your policy. Right. There were no kids. Or maybe at the time, you know, uh, uh, there was no spouse. Or maybe you didn't have a home. Or maybe you did, but you added a kid. Or maybe you got some more assets and, you know, purchased some more income property, right? Or your retirement accounts grew. And yes, you still want to protect your retirement accounts as well with life insurance. But paying attention to the things that you consider right now a liability is first and foremost to tell you how much life insurance you need to get. You really have to, is there any debt that's going to be left behind for your family? If it is, you need to make sure that you have enough coverage so that that doesn't become a new bill to those that you leave behind. If your income is dependent, uh, uh, being dependent upon from anybody, your children, your parents, that's a really big thing with a lot of my generation right now is that we're now becoming partially uh, financially responsible for our parents. And whether that's a thousand dollars a month that you contribute, whether that's, you know, taking care of most of their lifestyle, whatever it is, if there's anyone financially depending on you, because I know a lot of, you know, people have their parents in their home, you gotta make sure if something happens, that's still considered a dependent. So the income portion that is, is spent by those that financially depend on you, you need to cover that. And depending on your own personal situation, maybe you have young kids, so you need to cover that times 15 years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, for however long they're going to be, you know, still young. But you want to make sure that it's already going to be an issue when you pass away because grief is grief. But then to have to grieve and have to deal with the business side of things, it becomes a really, really, really big deal. And so you want to make sure that you cover that. And then also what most people do, and this I've seen it quite often, when I do ask people about the size of their their life insurance coverage, it usually is um, to cover the mortgage. So maybe they owe 150000 left on their home or 500000 or whatever it is, or they just purchased the home. Well, they want to match the mortgage amount with how much coverage they need, at least at a minimum, because you don't want to have to worry about not being able to keep up with that big expense if something were to happen, especially to the breadwinner. And I know it's, it's been said several times before, but one of the top causes of bankruptcy, i.e. losing the things that value, you know, that matter most to you, your home, um, is medical bills. And so you have to be protected in the event that you pass away or that you get sick because there are, you know, ways now to access life insurance, not just in death, but covering that mortgage. The biggest expense most of us have, you want to have enough for that. And then lastly, you really want to think about the the kids. And is providing an education um, for them important to you? And I've heard it all. <laughs> I've heard some people say, nope, I got loans, they gonna get loans. <laughs> and that may be you. I understand. But if it's not, and you want to make sure you can be a piece of that foundation, then you want to make sure you have enough coverage to cover that as well. And when you really take some time to sit and look at your life insurance, you will realize that you do not have enough. The majority of people do not have enough coverage. The average American will need somewhere between about one and one and a half million. That's with marriage that's with kids that's with home that's just the basic amount of coverage and so you take the time to review it because you don't want your legacy to go down the toilet because your family had to go into debt and lose everything because financially you didn't leave them with enough to continue the lifestyle okay and it happens quite often but making sure the amount is a very very big step so just take out the policy just review it (laughs) Pull it out the cabinet, wherever you have it. It's probably wrapped up in some accordion file somewhere. But pull it out, look through it and see, does it have enough? I had a client call me recently um, and she was so distraught because when she looked at the coverage, she realized, that it was for her grandmother, she realized the type of coverage that she had did not pay out through natural causes. And her grandmother passed away of natural causes. But there's different types of insurances that don't just pay. And her policy was a particular type of plan that only pays in the event that there is an accident. This is what a lot of people have through their jobs. And so you really, really have to check and pay attention to Um, to your plan to make sure that you have enough of the coverage that you need and also the right kind of coverage that you need, okay? So pull out those policies, do me a favor, do yourself a favor, do your family a favor and check for that, okay? Just to see that you have enough of the coverage. Now, when we talk about the right kind, You don't want to have the kind that only pays out in the event of an accident. You want to make sure that it pays out regardless. But you also want to make sure that if you can't get all the bells and whistles that come with the updated and the upgraded types of policies. And those types of policies pay out up to 20 different ways before death, depending on what's going on with your life. It could be different type of illnesses, which could be a critical illness. Um, I know that around us, it's the statistic right now from the CDC, I think it's one in every two people um, are diagnosed with some form of cancer. A stroke happens every 40 seconds. I mean, there's a lot of things that are just happening with modern medicine. We're staying alive. But our lives financially change drastically. And if you review your coverage, if you check your planning, then you don't have to drain your assets, which are a part of your legacy. You're able to access however much coverage you have uh, based on the severity of the illness directly from the company. And so it's very, very important to see, do you have these accelerated benefits? In layman's term, they're called living benefits, but they're free on policies. Just extra bells and whistles. Instead of getting the base model of the car for free, you get to upgrade to the top model. So again, just pull out and see because we don't want your legacy to to fall out of tact because something happened to your health along the way. And you literally had to take everything that you had in order to take care of yourself and to care for, you know, that family member that may be dealing with this. And this is for kids. I've seen a lot of kids diagnosed with stuff as well. And life insurance is as soon as you're able to have a, a social security number, right? But you want to make sure that you have, again, the protection that you need so that whatever you're trying to prepare for yourself and for your family, you're able to leave that proper legacy behind. So make sure you check the amounts. Make sure you check the time. All of us renew our cell phones on a regular basis. So I really, really encourage people to take a moment to review their insurances as well. Definitely one of my top smart money moves. Now, continuing through the roadmap of preparing your legacy, you want to make sure that you are accumulating as much money as you can from as many vehicles as you can. And I know we've talked on the show before about making sure that you not only have multiple streams of income, you know, in your current working, but you want to make sure that you have multiple streams of income when you're no longer working. So just finding the best ways to accumulate assets and several ways to accumulate assets. You don't want to just have one pot that is the be all end all. And I don't care what financial person you work with. You have to know that financial retirement, then you want to be able to do that. So you have to pay attention uh, to what's happening out there with the way that your money is accumulated. OK, we talk about inflation all the time. Your legacy is hurt if you're not keeping up with inflation. Okay, that's a huge, huge problem. If you are not keeping up with inflation and the money that you're growing, your legacy is not intact. And right now we're looking at, I think the last report that I saw was 8.5% higher over the last year. I mean, come on now. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? That's an absolute problem. And they're hoping, which, like I've mentioned, the the mortgage rates, um, uh, uh, not the mortgage rates, just the interest rates, um, increasing, the federal interest rates increasing, then that'll, you know, slow down inflation, but it's not going to stop it, right? So is your legacy protected? Are you able to accumulate all that you need to accumulate? Right? Are you getting the best type of interest? Are you getting interest that's compounding? Are you getting interest that's simple, (laughs) right? You really have to know these things. And because we don't talk about it often in just our natural and normal conversations, you really want to make sure that you have what it is that you need, okay? Are you keeping, like I said, the majority of your money in your pocket? I know I have one of my uh, audience members on here who is, um, very well into retirement, very well into retirement, and um, <laughs> one of the things that I hear her generation talking about quite often is just the amount of taxes that they have to pay um, on the money that they're accessing now, and I believe, Dr. Hathaway, you have eight, seven grandkids? Seven grandchildren? Yes, I do. Seven grandchildren, so how does taxes? Affect how much of your legacy you're able to leave behind.
0: No one told me that I was going to have to pay taxes on my pension. That was a surprise um, until, of course, I I heard the good. They have a pension.
1: (laughs) At least you have a pension. Majority of people, jobs don't even offer it anymore because people don't do like you do, Doctor Hathaway, which is work forever for Uh, one institution, (laughs) right? I think now that the last the last statistic that I saw said that um, 34% of people that are polled um, throughout this uh, a nationwide polling are going to change jobs again. Ooh. 34% of people are ready to switch jobs. And this is already since COVID and there's been a big switching of jobs. So for you, If you had an opportunity to do things differently, how would your legacy be protected?
0: Certainly, I would have made uh, plans much earlier with those defined benefits that I had no clue about. And and I had um, some information, and I considered myself an educator that would uh, take advantage of uh, opportunities, but I did not have this financial education. It just uh, has made uh, a made the, the whole lot of difference, a lot of difference in the world. And if I had known uh, then what I know now, thanks to a fantastic financial education, uh, it would certainly have been uh, a different choice, a different choice. Would have started saving even more at that point in time? Absolutely. And we we worry, as you yes, said yes, something yes. about the uh, information, that at this point in, in, in my journey, uh now we want to be sure that we don't outlive that uh those funds because it's not automatic, as you said. Not everybody even has that opportunity. This is a good wonderful opportunity. And good, good.
1: And, and, and I, I ask you that specifically um that with the amount of taxes that have to come out of the money that you currently have you would be able to do a little bit more for the grandkids had Absolutely. you been able to keep more into your pocket. Okay. I mean, that's yes. typically what I hear from your generation as you are um soon to be in your eighties. So that is an that's amazing thing um to, to still be around to deal with that. But mm-hmm. to know that, and I try to tell everybody if you could get the information earlier than do that, because again, the topic is all about legacy. How do I, uh, create the best legacy and preserve the best legacy for my family. But it's not just about once you've done what you needed to do, what do you need to do differently in the past? on the roadmap in order to have more to be able to preserve it even more. And I'm not saying work for everything you need to work just to leave it. I want you to enjoy the golden years, but definitely about leaving a legacy behind, the more you can, you know, uh, accumulate over time, the more of your money you can keep in your own pocket, um, the better that'll be for for passing along to your, your family and those that are important to you. And me, I don't have any kids. And so when I look at my legacy, my legacy is, yes, those, you know, younger folks in my life
0: my there's a short uh, pause there you were mentioning your cousins and uh, others in the family that you would uh, certainly be preparing for and I certainly wanted to prepare for my uh, grandchildren who at this point in time are in their early uh, careers and in their college profession uh, as well As they get ready to graduate from college and move into their new careers, it it makes a difference indeed to be able to uh, share that legacy.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And just like I said, I don't have kids to leave it to, (laughs) but I have my organizations and they're very, very important to me. So making sure that I'm able to leave that behind correctly is very, very important. And I do carry a lot of life insurance. And my my uh uh beneficiaries are a part of those you know organizations my family you know those that i love those young people that i like to give a step up in life um because <laughs> you got to make sure if you're not doing it for the next generation then i don't know what to tell you i don't i don't really know how to help you but you have to make sure that opinion um, you're keeping as much of the assets as possible so you The way that you want to. So, just paying attention to a few of the things that hurt us, a few of our enemies out there when it comes to preserving our assets um, to leave a proper legacy. So, if we talk very specifically, right, about the products that are needed in order to leave your legacy, the first definitely is the life insurance. But the next one, in order to avoid what we call probate, is making sure that you have a living, willing trust. Um, and it's very, very important to have these documents um, prepared as early as possible. People ask me all the time, do you need uh, uh, to have a home? Or do you need to be a certain age? Or do you need to, you know, have a bunch of wealth before you decide to get a living, willing trust? My answer is always no. Okay. Uh, because there's different things inside a living will and trust that can happen that are useful if anything were to happen to us regardless of our age and a couple of those things there's actually multiple documents inside a living will and trust you have a lot of people think a trust is a will um and again i give the disclaimer i am not an estate attorney definitely seek an estate attorney Um, to help you do the actual proper planning for your trust. But just through the research and understanding what it does is it includes multiple documents. One of the documents inside of the living will and trust is a will, a living will and testament. It's one of the documents inside. And that document dictates what you want to have done with your assets when you're no longer here. So people always have enough. Right? As long as I have a will. Now it is definitely a great step. I'd rather you have that than have nothing, but it's only one piece of the document. Okay? And you want to make sure that you list everyone in your will. Everyone. That if you want something to be left to, list every name. Don't forget about that child or that whatever. Every name needs to be listed. (laughs) Trust me when I tell you that. They will all tell you that okay and one where that you're dividing your assets the way that you choose and most people when you sit down and do it and yeah some people do it online and there's the the different company legal zooms and stuff like that and i don't you know market for any of them but um there are ways to to do that but you want to make sure you you get a list of all your assets all the things that you may have forgotten about, those old job accounts, you wouldn't believe how many people who, you know, are older, didn't realize that they have money from a company they worked for in their 50s, while they're in their 70s and 80s, right? So all of the companies that you worked for, call them. Is there any money that's left behind? I found it for several people who call them. Okay. You want all of your accounts to be able to be listed. Those bank accounts, those retirement accounts, those brokerage accounts, any of your assets you want to have listed. And most, like I said, attorneys, everyone that I've seen, you need to complete in order to, uh, to make sure you get all your assets listed. Okay. But have all of those assets listed, all of the different properties that you have any sort of stake in. Okay. Any of the investments that you have, all of those things are important. Okay. And so you want to make sure that all of those are divided the way that you choose inside of your living will intestine. Okay. I'm sorry, your last will intestine. Then you have, uh, which is very, very crucial, your power of attorney. Okay. Power of attorney gets to take over matters should something happen to you? Okay, you have to pay attention to that. You have to be able to declare a person that you want to take care of your assets in the event that's something to your mental state, your faculties, okay? So making sure that that's taken care of comes as a part of a living, will and trust. Another another piece inside of being willing trust is the health decree. Okay. Who is going to make the decisions on your health? Who decides to, hate to say it, pull the plug, should you come to that point? Who decides what medical um, uh, things are done based on the doctor's recommendation or whatever? Who decides that inside of your family, or person? Because you don't want to have it to just be figured out. You want somebody who knows that that's their responsibility. And then another document inside of that is what's called the pour over will. Okay. And that just makes sure anything that's done after the will is created, that is done the same way, the same asset breakdown. Okay. So you've got to make sure that you have all of these pieces, which is a true living will and trust. Not just a will. okay? So paying attention to to that and sitting down and taking the time, I started this by talking about why I say so many of uh, of our African American people don't do it. There's a big fear to discussing these things. I understand it. I get it. You don't want to think about death. You never want to lose your family members. All of that makes total sense. But if you don't prepare and you don't plan, you're going to have a big, big mess. When it comes to after, you have something to
0: say, Doctor Hathaway. That is so true. Even my dad um, had a uh, an insurance policy for me when I was in college. I didn't really know much about it at the time. The only thing, if he had known that there were other options, uh, it would not have been a term insurance, a term life insurance plan. So it's important, is it not, to also know what type of protection. That one has so are you, have that policy today. <laughs> so are you
1: saying that someone your father had a policy on you
0: yes. at a young age? At a young age, I was a teenager. Must have been eighteen or nineteen. I was still in college. So and I'll answer your question,
1: but let me ask you a question. Why do you think your father at such a young age had a policy on you and if you don't mind saying, you know, how big or small was the policy? Oh.
0: Oh, it was a small policy. You know, in those days, they paid like a, a dollar a week or something. <laughs> it was just- No, I don't know about those days. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I know that he, he was a business owner and he uh, was in, in ministry as well. And he knew that it was important to have some type of savings. That's, that's the purpose that I think he had at that point in time. But he surely didn't have that uh, financial education. Uh, that would have given me a chance. I could have had policies on uh, uh, as well, and not just a policy. I'm saying the protection plan. And at that time, the term policy was uh, was uh, available. We had cousins who uh, were in that industry, indeed. So, so for savings okay. purposes, and which is why, which is why. There's a bit of interruption there.
1: Yes, wonderful internet. Sorry, everybody out oh. there. <laughs> I'm back. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, yes, we hear you fine. It's just a word or two, indeed. So you were saying, which wonderful. is why. Um, oh, you asked me why. Did he have it? Hmm, I wish I had known.
1: <laughs> well, no, and, and for, for me to 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 hear you say that, and you're soon to be 80, Um, that means that he understood something, right, enough.
0: That's true. And
1: I think a part of that was for him to leave a legacy
0: through you as the child. That makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely. Because at
1: some point in time when I see, because there's a lot of of parents that I do see put policies on their children um, a lot. And when that policy goes on their child, yes, you can leave a legacy through you Mm -hmm. on your child, Mm -hmm. right? But um, you absolutely are able to leave a legacy for the children by having your policy on yourself. So hopefully you understand that you're able to leave a huge legacy behind with your children, your grandkids, your organizations, however many you may be a part of, by making sure that you have enough of that coverage. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge, huge piece of creating generational wealth. Hey, it's a yes. huge way to create a legacy, right? So right. let me ask you, how have you chosen to use life insurance Um, as a legacy way with you and your grandkids up until this point?
0: Well, at this point, I have been able to uh, select protection plans for them that can help them eventually with their uh, student debt, with the ones in medical school, ones in uh, getting into uh, the uh, enforcement uh, safety and enforcement areas in in the sciences and others in architecture. So I'm uh, looking forward to the way in which I can continue their that legacy my legacy by uh, funding their their programs at this point and their protection plans that's what I I feel is is going to be helpful for that inter for creating uh, intergenerational wealth and is that uh, does that make sense I have promised uh, the protection plans for them do you yeah, have I, policies on
1: them or do you have policies on yourself for them?
0: Oh, I started with myself, of course. I had to do that when I took the, uh when I had a chance to look at the uh, plans and the funds that I do have, I knew that it was going to be important for me to start with the uh, protection for myself, even though my dad had a small policy uh, in back in the day. So yes, I have, I started Sorry, I- with myself.
1: Like they always say in the airplane, oxygen mask on you first (laughs) and then on everybody else. But mainly if we're talking about leaving a legacy, the expectation is you will pass away before your kids and your grandkids. And if that is the expectation, then that's leaving the legacy because you're the insured person. So you pass away, you have whatever amount of coverage and you don't have, you know, a bunch of financial responsibilities, you retired well, you know, you don't have a bunch of debt, all that kind of stuff. So your policy doesn't have to be great and grand, but you are able to, because you are, you know, closer to one side than the other, Mm -hmm. that you're able to potentially leave that legacy behind sooner right so that makes sense you you have one on yourself first but then you said you also have some on the grandkids and you you mentioned term you mentioned permanent yes for everybody out there there are different types of policies um you really really should sit down to learn you know whoever is is your trusted financial professional insurance specialist whomever um to just learn the different types so with permanent and with temporary if you're using the permanent kinds then you said you're using it to help them pay off some of their college debt, right? So, how old were they when you started that? And do you think that was enough time to do what you wanted it to do?
0: Um, I'm a, if <laughs> no, well, I have them in varying ranges, but I started with the oldest okay. of the grandchildren, and they were in their twenties. Uh, okay, the, got it. 20s. Okay. So better late than
1: never, because what I like to say that, that people, you know, for people that have policies on their their um, grandkids and kids in the early 20s, you're giving them a leg up. Oh, You're giving them a leg up because let's say for me, I started working at 22 years old for Los Angeles Unified and I was saving, Um, you know, but just the way that you're saving for them, the way you're able to access the money um for them to help, you know, it's not going to pay off debt right away after college. But, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when they're getting the, a real, you know, step in the world, you started them much earlier than they would have been able to start themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you're helping them to to not start off life full of debt, right? Okay. Because most of us know if we went to college or we know, you know, family members that have gone to it, it is very, very big to come out with a ton of debt and not having a real path to, you know, pay it back. And so making sure that they have some access to something, that's a a really good thing. Um, And if I was talking to a a client of mine this past weekend in my travels, and um, it was a grandmother as well. She'd been doing plans for her uh, grandkids for, I think it's been eight years now. And so she's at a point now, she's like, when do I pass this off to them? (laughs) And I told her, I said, they're not quite situated yet right so you keep paying into that legacy uh, plan but to make sure that you know they are understanding like you said starting to talk about the money starting to have the conversation so when is their time to take over their own legacy planning because one of the grandkids does have a child right so that really should pop on the list as to when to start some le- legacy planning Um, but just making sure that they're having the conversation so they know why they need to do it. So they know why, you know, as the grandmother, she sacrificed her, you know, retirement, uh, uh, income, her fixed income to make sure that they had something for them. So yes, definitely two main ways to be able to do that. If we're talking to the parents out there, if we're talking to the grandparents out there, first and foremost is having the proper coverage on yourself. Okay. Um, because sad to say you just never know when mm-hmm. that day will come and you pass mm-hmm. away so having it as early and as young as possible which is what I always tell people when it comes to life insurance. It only goes up based on age every single day. <laughs> the closer you are to the next age it's not just the year the closer you are to the next age it automatically goes up and of course health affects it so who knows what health is going to look like but just know every day you wait, to take the time to have the conversation and put the plan in place is going to get more expensive. Okay. But don't be confused to think that life insurance has to be very expensive. It does not. It does not. There are a wide range of policies, especially if we're talking about on the kids and on the grandkids so they can use it as a a tool for them to, to grow assets very on, It's very, very minimal because they're so young. So you're really just giving them a time advantage by starting early, but yes, you as the parent or the grandparent or the person wishing to leave the legacy, make sure you have the right amount of coverage, the right kind of life insurance coverage. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And then doing a proper planning when you're trying to use it as an asset is very important and not just as a policy. Okay. If you want to use it as an asset, You have to design. It has to be one of the permanent policies. A term policy does not build an asset. It only pays off in the event that you pass away and or you get sick if you have the living benefits within that term time. If not, the price will shoot up tremendously. Tremendously. So all of the, you know, young parents out there, the medium parents, the older parents, the grandparents, parents make sure you understand that it's only <clears throat> excuse me going to shoot up and if you're trying to utilize it for a permanent need which is let's say death that's a permanent need you have to make sure you're balancing between your temporary and your permanent coverages but if you're trying to use it as an asset which is a way that a lot of people have done it has been a tool that's been around since the 1700s As an asset, life insurance, you got to make sure that you're looking at it and funding it the way that it needs to be funded. And that depends on how much you're trying to set up as the asset, how much you want to be able to have for your grandkids or for your kids when, let's say, they're ready to really get on their own feet, which may be at 30, 35 years old. That will dictate if you're trying to use it as an asset, just like anything else you try to use as an asset. You want your retirement to be an asset? There's a certain amount that you need to put into it. There's calculators all over the place. If you want your home, which is actually a liability until you pay it off, if you want your home to be an asset, you need to make sure that what? You have it right. The right mortgage is not refinanced several times over
0: to have the right mortgage, you said, and uh, not to have uh, several different refis, et cetera. Missed the last part there. It's really important to be able to keep in touch with um, I hear you now. Yes. Mm-hmm. You were saying it's important not to uh to have the right uh, the right plan in place. That's why we're listening to Smart Money Moves with Alina so we can have the right
1: plan in place. I don't care which plan it is. I don't whether it's your like I said your retirement plan, whether it's your insurance plan. Any plan that you're trying to create as an asset, you have to make sure that you're getting the education on it. You have to make sure that it's working the way that you want it to work. You have to make sure that it's still doing what you set it up to do. Whoever is the person that works with you on building your legacy, accumulating your assets, preserving it the right way, you need to be meeting with them consistently. When you put a living will and trust in place, I always recommend don't just leave it. Get it at 50 years old and it's just there. They have amendments, right? right? Things change. You wanna make sure that you are tending to your finances. You're not just setting it and letting it go. Tend to your finances if you wanna be able to leave the proper legacy behind.
0: Okay? Absolutely. Leaving the proper legacy. Behind is important. Do we have another guest joining us?
1: Yes, but they're just tuning on in. (laughs) We'll let them (laughs) continue to tune in. But yes, you you were saying what, Doctor
0: Hathaway? Oh, I was just saying as you just you mentioned the uh, to leave the legacy behind is is important, but to understand it is even more important.
1: Yeah, because it's things change, right? Everything in life, all vehicles in life, financial vehicles in life, they all change. They all grow, they do different things and your needs change along the way. So you have to make sure that they're doing what you need them to do at all times. You're adding to them, right? Your legacy is not just set it and forget it. I always say that, right? It's not just set it and forget it. You have to make sure that what it is that you're trying to do financially, it's working for you, right? Whichever vehicle that is, you are trying to, with building your legacy, making sure that you don't go through probate you're trying to make sure that everything that you've worked for, you're able to leave behind the way that you choose it to be left behind and not the way someone else chooses it to be left behind. Because I don't know if you guys are aware, but if you're asked to probate because you don't have the proper plans in place, there is a very, very large amount of money that is paid out of a probate attorney in order to help sort your stuff. Okay. So you, you do these things, you forget to, you know, get the paperwork, we don't take the time to sit down, right, and actually plan out our legacy, that if you pass away, and the things aren't properly planned, there's a big chunk of your assets that are going to go not to the people you choose to leave them to. And I, I, I think, um I may have shared this before, but i I always like to talk about a lot of the celebrities that we know and their lack of of, of planning, right? um estate planning, um proper legacy planning when we talk about uh, Michael Jackson when we talk about Prince, we talk about uh, um James Gandolfini, the star of the uh, sopranos and Aretha. I had seventy plus million dollars. Aretha Franklin, right? Yes. There's a lot. There's a lot of people that have lots of money. I don't have nearly that much money, but I want to make sure what I do have is going to be left behind the way that I choose to. And I think in James Gandolfini's case, his $70 million of assets, only $40 million went to his family because there wasn't the proper plans in place. And I I don't know the exact amount that probate takes, but you do know (laughs) they're going to take a chunk. And how long is it going to take for your family to actually receive your asset? How long before your legacy is actually going to be left the way that it needs to be left if you don't have your living will and trust, if you don't have your insurance? And the reason I tell people insurance is just as important comes with a beneficiary. So as long as the monies that you have have beneficiary attached, there is no probate involved. So all of your assets that don't have a beneficiary attached, i.e. your home, most people's retirement accounts, they never go in and name a beneficiary, especially pension accounts. Those of you who still have a pension. okay. if you don't have a named beneficiary, it has to be in your trust. If not, it goes through probate. So anything with life insurance can stand alone, even though I recommend they all go together, but they can stand alone. And one piece of advice that I try to give people really, really think about is if you do have life insurance and you have a trust, name your. So you don't have to decide each policy that you have how much you want to go where. Your trust will dictate that for you. So because you have a living will and trust set up, you're able to just say your beneficiary of your life insurance policy is the trust. Okay? Let me say that again. Life insurance can stand alone. Anything that has a beneficiary does not have to be in the trust. All of your assets without a beneficiary, i.e., your house, most of your bank accounts, your retirement accounts, your investment accounts, those need to be in a trust because they don't have a beneficiary that they automatically go to. But if you have a trust, I recommend that you make the beneficiary of your life insurances your trust. Okay, that makes for very smooth breakdown of how you want your money to go. My children split 50-50 or my children get 30-30 and my grandkids split the other amount, okay? However you want it, then all your assets come together. The executor gets 10%, so pick an executor that you know is going to do what you need them to do in the timely manner. And then the rest of it, you split it the way you want to. That way you don't have to figure out this company has to give it to this and that one has to give it to that. And then we have to do that. You have one documentation that pays out everything. And if you're using your life insurance as a form of paying for your uh, funeral cost, mo- most funeral homes will accept a, a proper life insurance and active life insurance policy as a, a, a collateral to do the funeral charges. Okay. So you don't have to worry about having the death benefit paid out in your hand in order to, you know, bury your family members. They will usually go based on the life insurance contract, which is why, like I said, the client I was working with found out that her auntie or grandmother was not going to be paid out because of the type of policy that it was. You do not want to wait till the time is up before you decide to figure out what you have. Remember, the whole purpose of this take today's session is understanding what your legacy really is, what is it actually, you know, accumulated from, how much is it, how much is it going to be, and then making sure you can properly leave that legacy behind with life insurance and with a proper living will and trust. And in doing your, for April, which is always a time I try to tell people to check in, April being financial literacy month, check into all of those things. The start of the year, quarter number two happens to be April financial literacy month, but review your documents, see what it is that you have. And are you really leaving behind the legacy that you want to leave behind? If not, there's still time to do something about it. So reach out to your trusted person, everybody and everybody, everybody in your network knows somebody who gave you with your living will and trust, but just make sure you make it a point to get that. Make sure you make it a point to have it a minute. you To see how much it is, how much it's going to cover. Mention that, but beneficial here your do. So when you pass away, your legacy is left the way that you choose for it to be left. You've accumulated enough, you've preserved enough so that you can build whatever it is that you want to build behind you, because that's the purpose of legacy. So I appreciate you guys joining us on this session of smart money moves with Helena I do hope you take something away um, when it comes to building protect please 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 tune in second and fourth Wednesdays of the month this will end our financial literacy um, month sessions Um, but I will see you guys back
0: thank you